Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. We have a tremendous victory to report after Army Chaplain Scott Squires was attacked by radical lesbian activists. He and his staff sergeant have now been vindicated. We interview Michael Berry with First Liberty Institute. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. On today's show, we have a live interview with one of the leading attorneys for religious freedom in the United States military. I'm talking about Michael Berry, who is uh, one of the senior counsels for First Liberty Institute based out of Texas. But I have Michael live via Skype from Washington DC today in his home away from home. Michael, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, it's good to be with you. So I'm so excited, I'm a former Navy chaplain, but this week, you helped win, you were an attorney, and you helped uh, Army Chaplain, Scott Squires, who was attacked in his religious freedom and threatened with discrimination charges. Uh, he could have gone to court-martial, but describe what happened. He was uh, refusing to participate in a homosexual marriage retreat. Well, no, actually, to back up, you know, Chaplain Squires, just as many military chaplains uh, are, are tasked with doing, was scheduled to facilitate a marriage enrichment retreat. The Army calls theirs uh, strong bonds. I know in other branches, you know, in the Navy, they call them credo and, and whatnot. So, uh, but these strong bonds retreats are facilitated by Army chaplains. And, uh, but one of the rules that's in place is that you know, for, for military chaplains, they have to follow the rules and policies and teachings of their denominations. In Chaplain Squires' case, that happens to be the Southern Baptist Convention. And the Southern Baptist Convention prohibits, forbids its chaplains from providing any religious services to same-sex couples. So uh, the strong bonds retreats, though, are open to uh, any soldier. You know whether they are uh, in a in a heterosexual marriage or a same-sex marriage, they're open to everybody, and uh, so you know you have this this potential I guess potential issue where uh, what happens if a chaplain uh, who is similar to Chaplain Squires, a Southern Baptist, or it could be a Catholic, or it could even be a Muslim chaplain. You know if their religion and and their endorsing agency prohibits them from facilitating marriage services or religious services for same-sex couples, then uh, you know what are they supposed to do? Well, they're supposed to do exactly what Chaplain Squires did, which is to uh, or accommodate the, the same-sex couple in question by scheduling a different chaplain who doesn't have the, that type of restriction on them to facilitate in, in their place. That's exactly what Chaplain Squires did. Uh, he met with the soldier in question. He told her that she is welcome to attend the marriage retreat, but that he, as a Southern Baptist chaplain, was prohibited from being the facilitator. So what he was going to do is ensure that she was registered for uh, the retreat 
but that he was going to have to reschedule it for a time when a different chaplain could do the the uh, you know facilitate the retreat. So here's the Instead interesting of, part. I, in, it's interesting to me that this lesbian couple wanted to insist that the Southern Baptist chaplain participate, and they actually filed a complaint against him, and then when he didn't attend, they refused to attend the retreat anyway. They didn't really want to go to a retreat with a different chaplain, it seems. Yeah, I don't know what their motivation is, but all I know, you know is that the, the fact of the case is they did not show up for the retreat, even though Chaplain Squires ensured that they were registered for the retreat, and instead of showing up, they filed a complaint of discrimination against both Chaplain Squires and the chaplain assistant, a, a Staff Sergeant Griffin. Uh, and they alleged that that Chaplain Squires discriminated against them, and uh, the Army, you know, as they often say, they take every allegation of discrimination very seriously, especially when it is, uh, you know, uh, discrimination alleged on, based on sexual orientation. And so they uh, they convened an investigation, and that was over seven months ago. Uh, they, they opened an investigation against Chaplain Squires and Staff Sergeant Griffin. Uh, the investigator issued an initial report of investigation. And as Chaplain Squires' attorneys at First Liberty Institute, we had the opportunity to respond to that report of investigation, which we did. We pointed out all the procedural and legal errors that were in the investigation. Uh, and much to my surprise, the Army then gave the investigator a second opportunity to redo the investigation. Uh, which, you know, really, uh, I, I didn't think was quite right that, you know, they would have essentially a second bite at the apple to go after my client. But, so the um, investigator initially recommended he be charged and the chaplain be punished for dereliction of duty. Do you think this investigator was biased or were they refusing to follow federal law? And you can explain what the law requires. Well, the investigator was absolutely biased. Uh, there's no question about that. If you just read the, the report of investigation, which is, uh, we, we have it available to everybody at firstliberty.org. And you can see his findings, his recommendations, his, his analysis and conclusions. And it's clear from the get-go that uh, he was, you know, the old saying that we used to use as, as uh, JAGs, you know, is uh, a lot of times these investigators will randomly fire an arrow and wherever it lands, they will just paint a target around it. And that's basically what this investigator did. And, you know, like, as you said, he accused Chaplain Squires of dereliction of duty. He recommended that he be found guilty of dereliction of duty. And, and, and here's the most troubling aspect of the investigation or the report of investigation. The factual basis for saying that Chaplain Squires was derelict in his duty, according to this investigator, was that Chaplain Squires failed to notify his technical chain of command. Now that's military speak for he failed to notify his senior chaplain that there was an issue with this marriage retreat. That, that finding and that conclusion is directly contradicted by the investigator's own evidence in the form of a sworn statement from Chaplain Squires' own senior chaplain. So in other words, what I'm saying is Chaplain Squires' senior chaplain, a lieutenant colonel in the chaplain corps, provided a sworn statement to the investigator in which he said, Chaplain Squires notified me immediately in person that there was a potential issue. We discussed the, the steps he was gonna to take to ensure that the soldier was able to attend the marriage retreat. And we, we thought that was the end of it. 
The investigator, however, said Chaplain Squires did not notify his senior chaplain. The, so, you know, somebody's lying. Either the senior chaplain lied under oath or the investigator deliberately omitted that, that sworn statement. Well, it sounds like the investigator was very biased. Let's take a short break. When we come back, I'll ask Michael Berry about how federal law actually protects the chaplain's right to opt out. This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Did you know religious freedom is under fire in our military today? Our troops do not have protection, for example, Military chapels are now being desecrated by homosexual wedding ceremonies on bases in all 50 states. Our troops are now also face punishment if they dare to object to sharing common sleeping quarters or common shower facilities, or if chaplains dare to quote the Bible during private counseling that declares that homosexuality is a sin. Nobody in our military should be forced to violate their Christian conscience especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Let's take action today for religious freedom. Would you sign a petition with me? Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Let's defend religious freedom for our troops. Take action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. This is PIJN News. I want to make a special offer available to our television viewers, and it's our new exclusive limited edition In God We Trust wall calendar. This is good through June of 2019, and we're running out, so you really need to pick up the phone. Why would you want an inspiring calendar? Well, listen, it's got quotes from many of our past presidents, starting with General George Washington, Abe Lincoln, Dwight David Eisenhower, President Ronald Reagan, even George W. Bush, Anytime they talked about their faith, we captured it and put their quotes on a calendar you can hang on your wall. Please pick up the phone today and call us at 866-Obey-God for your gift of just $15 plus $4 shipping. We will rush you this calendar and inspire you in the months ahead. Call us at 866-Obey-God or write to us right now at P.O. Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. Enclose your best donation and we'll ship you this calendar right away. Defending your religious freedom, here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. We're interviewing Michael Berry, who is one of the lead attorneys for Chaplain Scott Squires, an army chaplain who was recently accused and now has been vindicated, not only by a two-star general in the army, uh, Major General Von Tag, who let the chaplain off the hook after he was accused by lesbians of dereliction of duty. Uh, Michael, how did you find out just yesterday about the victory for Chaplain Scott Squires? Well, uh, Chaplain Squires was, was called in to meet with Major General Sontag at Fort Bragg. Um, the meeting lasted less than three minutes, and General Sontag just said, uh, I'm disapproving the entire report of investigation. I'm disapproving the findings, the recommendations, the conclusions. Um, so that's it. That's the you know it, it, that ends everything, and it's a you know it, legal speak we would call that a full exoneration. <laughs> and Chaplain Squires called me immediately after the meeting and delivered the good news, and and uh, we were very thankful. And what about Staff Sergeant Griffin, who is not a chaplain, 
but is required to help the chaplains and was also under some accusation. Has Staff Sergeant uh, uh, Griffin been vindicated? Yes, Staff Sergeant Griffin uh, called me and delivered almost the exact same news that she had been fully exonerated. Now, what's interesting about her situation is she's not a chaplain. Uh, she's a chaplain assistant and she's a staff NCO in the Army. So people would question, well, what's her role in all this? Why was she accused of discrimination? Well, her role, the reason why the soldier and the Army was investigating her for discrimination was because she performed the purely administrative and clerical task of notifying Chaplain Squires that a same-sex couple had registered for the event and that because Chaplain Squires was, belonged to a denomination that did not allow him to provide religious services for same-sex couples, she thought he should know that because that's what she's trained to do. That's what the protocol says for her to do. When you're aware of an issue, you notify the chaplain and then you allow the chaplain to address the issue. Uh, that's all she did, but somehow that resulted in her being accused of discrimination as well. Well, now she has been vindicated and explain to me, I know our ministry was very active back in 2013 and 2014, sending petitions to Congress for religious liberty. And we helped pass our petitioners, I believe influenced Congress, to pass two good amendments to the National Defense Authorization Act. What is the difference between what we passed in 2013 and what Congress passed in 2014? And how would that have been uh, legally helpful? Well, in, in uh, 2013, we passed uh, section 533 of the National Defense Authorization Act. And that basically, uh, I, I, you know, I, I won't quote it word for word because it, it sounds like a bunch of le legislative gobbledygook. What it basically says is uh, the military cannot force chaplains to do anything that violates the chaplain's religious beliefs and to include the, you know, the teachings of their denominations, um, et cetera, that they can, and, and that uh, military chaplains cannot be punished as a result of their following their religious beliefs. So whether they do something that's in accordance with their beliefs or they refuse to do something that would violate their beliefs, they cannot be punished. They cannot suffer any adverse consequences. That was in 2013. We told we, we were very grateful to Congress. We said, this is fantastic. This is going to do uh, great things to, to protect our chaplains and their religious liberty, but it's not enough. And Congress said, what do you mean it's not enough? And we said, um, that's just chaplains. What about everybody else? So in 2014, uh, in a somewhat rare move, Congress went back to the well and they uh, passed a, another amendment, Section 532 of the FY14 National Defense Authorization Act, which basically expanded and extended the same protections that chaplains had to all service members. So in other words, no service member now serving in our military can be punished in any way because they act or refuse to act in a way, because they act in accordance with their religious beliefs or because they refuse to act in a way that would violate their religious beliefs. So uh, those are just two of the many religious liberty protections that we have enshrined in federal law, uh, which also includes obviously the First Amendment, but there's also the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. There are DOD regulations, there are service specific regulations, all of which protect people in the military uh, because look, the bottom line is, as a veteran myself, uh, I know when you join the military, yes, you voluntarily give up some of your rights and some of your freedom. But Congress has made very clear, our courts have made very clear, religious freedom is not one of the rights that you give up when you join the military. 
And well, so I agree with you. The, the First Amendment ought to protect everybody in America, but especially those who wear the uniform because sometimes they sacrifice you know, years away from their family or even blood on the battlefield to protect religious liberty for others, I think they should have it for themselves. But you're saying that these two specific federal laws, the NDAA amendment of 2013 protected the chaplain, the NDAA amendment of 2014 protected the staff sergeant who is not a chaplain and nobody in the military can be forced to violate their religious beliefs. Uh, why is this still an issue? Well, it's, it's still an issue basically because um, a, a lot of these laws that get passed or regulations that get passed, new policies that are put in place, um, the generals and the admirals, they get it, they, you know, because they, they're dealing with these political and policy issues and legal issues every day. But it's what I refer to as the middle management layers of the military. The military is a giant bureaucracy. And it's once you get past the, the, the kind of the highest levels with, with the guys with stars in their collars, um, you still have a lot of the old way of thinking. You know, you, you have a lot of uh, people who still believe that if, if I have the title commanding officer, that whatever I say is the law, <laughs> you know, and, and, and uh, you know, I hate to use the term God complex, but look, anybody who served in the military has probably run into a commanding officer who probably acted that way, you know, who acted as if whatever they say is the, the, the final authority is the is the law of the land, so to speak. Uh, but, you know, court decision after court decision after court decision uh, has has proven that no man is above the law. No person in the military is above the law. Uh, there's a reason why our constitutional republic continues to remain strong to this day. And it's because we understand that you cannot have a dictatorship, authoritarian style leadership, especially in the military. We have civilian control of the military. Congress is the one that tells the military what to do. Uh, again, the, to answer your question, though, the problem is when Congress says jump, the Pentagon says how high. But what about all these commanding officers and and you know and lower level leaders across military installations throughout you know, around the world? Or the pro lesbian investigator of these so-called discrimination complaints. Let's take another short That's break. Right. When we come back, I'll ask Michael Berry how public pressure may have played a role in persuading General Sontag. This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Take action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign an important online petition. Today, I wanna to invite you to sign a critical petition to defend innocent babies and to end abortion in America. On this show, we like to pray and petition God, but we also need you to take action today by petitioning Congress to stop the taxpayer-funded child killing, especially by defunding Planned Parenthood, America's number one abortion provider. Why are your taxes paying to murder innocent children in the womb? Well, if Congress would simply define personhood as life beginning at conception, we can reverse Roe versus Wade. Please join me today by signing this important petition to Congress. Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org and sign your petition today. Sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. Do you ever wonder how to discern your own thoughts from the thoughts that come to you from the Holy Spirit or angels? 
or invisible demons. I'm Dr. Chaps, and you've seen us talk about the gift of discerning of spirits. In fact, I wrote my PhD dissertation, How to See the Holy Spirit, Angels and Demons. But now, we have an exciting 17-part video Bible study on a four-disc DVD set that you can get for your small group or your church. If you just visit PrayInJesusName.org and offer a suggested donation of $99. Or call us toll free at 866-Obey-God. Get this 17-part video series and for a limited time only, we'll throw in the book for free. Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Get this important Bible study series for you and your church. Or call us at 866-Obey-God right now. Defending your religious freedom. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. We're talking with Michael Berry, one of the lead attorneys for Liberty Institute. Michael, mention your website and how can people get help from Liberty Institute? Well, our website is firstliberty.org. Uh, it's just all one word, firstliberty.org. And there's a place where people can request legal help. If you're not sure whether you need legal help or if you just wanna know what your rights are first, uh, we've got plenty of free resources, you know, FAQs, downloadable documents, and uh, as a nonprofit law firm, everything we do is free of charge. Uh, we never charge our clients for the services we provide, uh, and, and that's uh, something that we're able to provide to, to all Americans. Well, thank you to you and to Kelly Shackelford who have stood up this great organization out of Texas. Uh, you happen to be operating in Washington, D.C. today. I know you have very important things you're doing there on the Hill, and maybe even at the Pentagon from time to time as a former JAG lawyer yourself. Let me ask about the role that public pressure may play. I know we at Pray In Jesus Name like to send petitions to Congress. Over five million petitions delivered by fax machine over the past 10 years. You can sign one of those petitions at PrayInJesusName.org, specifically defending military chaplains. But I also wanna give a shout out to Tim Wildman with American Family Association. They claim that over the past few months, they have delivered 43,000 petitions and maybe uh, over 10,000 phone calls to the Public Affairs Department at the US Army base there where Major General Sontag uh, was under pressure to make the right decision. Do you think the Public Affairs staff notified the general and do you think that influenced his decision or was it all just what his lawyers told him to do? <laughs> well, uh, I suspect that his lawyers were actually telling him to rule against Chaplain Squires. Um, that's just, you know, that, that's my own suspicion based on my, my experience and understanding of how kind of the military legal system works. So uh, in spite of that pressure from his JAG lawyers, and, you know, suggesting that he ought to rule against Squires, I have to believe that public pressure absolutely worked. You know, that um, the public affairs office, you know, public affairs is, is, is an aspect of, of a command, you know, command. Uh, every general has a public affairs officer that reports to him or her, that gives him or her briefings on a daily, if not weekly basis. Uh, and so if 43,000 plus signatures were delivered to the public affairs office and 10,000 or more phone calls were delivered, I'm very confident that that public affairs officer briefed General Sontag at some point 
and told him, sir, you know, General, sir, uh, you know, the floodgates have opened. You know, people are, are, are not happy with what's going on. They're demanding justice for Chaplain Squires and Staff Sergeant Griffin. So uh, it, it just goes to show that a lot of times these issues, they may or, they may, or may not be won in a court of law. Uh, often they, they can be won in the court of public opinion. If not one, they can at least be highly influential and persuasive. Were you prepared to go to court in defense of Chaplain Squires? And how would that come about? Would you wait until he was facing a court martial? Or was there any injunctive relief you could have sought in a federal court to force the Pentagon to do the right thing? We were absolutely ready to go to court. I mean, I, I'm, I was ready to go to court, you know, today, tomorrow, whenever. I mean, we, we, you know, we're a law firm. That's what we do. We're litigators. So we were, we were, we were ready to go from almost day one. Um, you know, in terms of what that would have looked like timing wise, there is a, a, a doctrine called, uh, the, you know, the necessity or requirement that you exhaust all of your administrative remedies first before you go into court. So that's basically what we were doing is we were giving the army the opportunity to do the right thing before we actually went into federal court. And again, I, I wanna make sure I give credit where credit is due. We're grateful that General Sontag did the right thing um, and, and re, you know, re, removed the need for us to go to court over an issue like this. Uh, as I said earlier, the, uh, you know, this investigator for whatever reason was led to believe that army non-discrimination policy is the supreme law of the land. Uh, but it's not, you know, there are certainly many instances where non-discrimination policy applies and, and, and is the controlling law, but when it conflicts with the constitution of the United States and federal law, the constitution and the federal law always win against a, you know, a, a, a basically what we would call an agency's internal policy. Well, thanks be to God for that. We have just about 30 seconds left. Would you perhaps join me in a word of prayer? Father in heaven, Absolutely. we praise you for this victory and we ask for your special blessing on Chaplain Squires and on Staff Sergeant Griffin as they go back to work and they minister the gospel of Jesus Christ in that tough army environment. Father, we praise you for uh, working this victory through the proper channels for the right decision by the Major General in the Army. And God, we thank you for the work of First Liberty Institute and Michael Berry and uh, the founder, Kelly Shackelford, everything that they do to defend religious freedom. Give them more victories as we discern upon them the spirit of Almighty God. Michael, thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me. All right, I'm Dr. Chaps. Our website is PrayInJesusName.org. Please donate when you visit, PrayInJesusName.org. We'll see you next time. Today I wanna to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Would you sign that petition with me? Let's take action today.
Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll free right now at 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. 